0: Welcome to episode 24 of the Beyond 24 Days podcast. In this episode, we embrace the new year, so join us.
1: Let's talk about resolutions, snacking, and just general catching up with Ken and I, because it's been a while.
0: As always. Welcome to the Beyond 24 Days podcast with your host, Broken and Ken. Beyond 24 Days is focused on healthier living by promoting whole and natural foods while supporting your local, responsible producers. You can follow us on social media at Beyond 24 Days, where we share our food ideas and recipes. And now your hosts, Brooke and Ken. Well, thanks, past Ken, for introducing future Ken and Brooke. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a while. We're messing with our equipment. Um, Let's see, the last podcast we did was back in October. I believe, and since then, quite a bit has happened, and if you're listening to this, it's 2019, it's the new year. So, Yay. welcome. So, uh, what are we going to talk about?
1: Uh, resolutions. I mean, it is the new year, so I guess we can talk about resolutions, and something that you and I have been kind of struggling with lately, and I know other people struggle with it as well, snacking.
0: <clears throat> Love our snacks.
1: <laughs> but... um, Snacking is a big topic because it's funny that I've been finding myself struggling with snacking and yet I've been going around and teaching young kids how to snack healthy Mm -hmm. and I've been failing at it myself.
0: Mm. So for those of you that are just joining us, um, Brooke is, she works for the food service for the local school district and part of her, not a teacher. And part of her job description with the food service department is food education to some of the younger students. So she goes to different elementary schools and talks about healthy eating and uh, introduces kids to the healthy plate and talks about healthy snacks and basically just general fitness, not not fitness, general Nutrition. nutrition. Just
1: nutrition. I'm not giving anybody any nutritional, excuse me, advice on, you know,
0: Right, it's not like hardcore advice, like this is the kind of meal planning you need to do. It's just generally when the kids are exposed to food choices, the difference between making a good choice and a bad choice when it comes to snacks and even during mealtimes to focus on generating a healthy plate where they have proper sizes of their grains and different portions. So that way it's a it's a healthy plate. Yeah,
1: and lately I've been getting request after request. You know, I I teach a wide variety of topics, but it's crazy that as of recently, I would say 80% of the requests I get to come into classrooms from teachers focus on snacking. Hmm. And I think a lot of that is coming because I know when you and I were kids, we didn't snack in school.
0: I don't I, I do remember fruit snacks and like fruit by the foot And gushers. But
1: you were allowed to eat those during class? Mm, I don't remember. We never did. I I can remember being maybe really small kindergarten, first grade. Our snack was provided by the cafeteria, and it was things like celery sticks, carrot sticks, and dates. And Mm. yes, I was that weird kid in kindergarten who loved the chopped
0: dates. Mm. Oh, actually, you know what? I remember we would get milk from the cafeteria and saltine crackers. Or sometimes, on occasion, peanut butter crackers. I just remember it because I hated milk as a kid. Mm-hmm. I only liked chocolate milk. And we had to drink plain milk. And I remember how much I hated that. Yep. it's awful.
1: But, um, so I, you know, I've been getting these requests from teachers. Because nowadays, I know with our two kids, mm-hmm. they're required, required to bring a snack every day. And our son is actually hypoglycemic. So he has to take a snack every day. And right. the teachers are, you know, they try to encourage healthy snacking. Hmm. And that's the reason they're reaching out to me, because some of the snacks the kids bring in are actually quite atrocious, if you see some of them.
0: Yeah, some of them have, well, you said some of them have, like, candy.
1: Candy, family size bags of chips. Not single-serve, family size bags.
0: It's the snack that keeps on snacking.
1: <laughs> so... Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting.
0: I think we're – so kind of piggyback off of that to talk about snacking. I know that when you're in the grocery store, we ourselves have been guilty of it, where you'll see the 100-calorie packs or the small portion packs of processed foods. And I think, I think the main thing is that, in general, we should always try to avoid the processed foods. I personally – I like when I take carrots – And different kinds of fruits for my snack. I used to really like celery and have a hard time eating that. But I do like taking like broccoli florets and eating those. And even cauliflower to some degree.
1: I'm a seeds and nuts kind of person. I love my pumpkin seeds. Mm. Uh, Pumpkin seeds actually have 11 grams of protein Mm. per serving. Which is unshelled. Mm. Is one third cup. One fourth cup for shelled. And there's 11 grams of protein in hmm. those bad boys. So just that small amount has that much protein. It really tides you over during the day when you're having a hard time getting the lunch or getting home from work.
0: Yeah, I'm a nut person. I'm a, nut person. <laughs> I'm a nut, nutty person. a nut person. In the mornings, I do like to have almonds or cashews. Although I, I do remember reading somewhere that um, nuts are a really good snack to have because they have... Um, essential fats in them, and they and they are sort of like an appetite suppressant, the only downside to nuts is you can overdo it, and you can end up eating too many nuts. So a handful is usually plenty, but if you eat any more than that, it ends up being more, I guess, more harmful than it is good.
1: And oh. I was guilty of that in the beginning. You actually yelled at me
0: because... Uh, I didn't yell you. I just said, <laughs> stop giving me so many nuts.
1: Because... I, I, it just looks so small, and mm-hmm. you're you're a tall man, and I'm a grown you know, boy. You're a grown boy, and it my just treats. didn't look like enough. And eventually, I started reading the serving sizes on mm-hmm. the packages. So now, when I do send nuts and Ken's lunch, I do measure Scale them out pack. with measuring cups.
0: <laughs> and it's it's getting to the point where even it's funny because I, I'll try not to eat an entire serving as well. Because what I like to do is I like to have a snack in the morning, and then sometimes with like almonds or cashews, they're a little bit bigger. Peanuts, it's kind of hard; I could eat that whole thing of peanuts in once in one swallow. But for almonds and cashews, some of the larger of the seeds and nuts, I usually kind of graze on those through the morning hour. So I'll graze on those up until lunchtime. It kind of just keeps me uh, keeps me chewing. But so when it comes to snacks, that's probably. The biggest thing to take away from all of that is to really try to avoid the process stuff. We get carried away because we go to a discount
1: grocery store, or we'll
0: go to Whole Foods right. and you see the the packs, the Justin's peanut butter cups, and you know all this stuff, and you're like, "Ooh,
1: just because it these says are good, natural, and organic right. on the package doesn't mean that it's good for you."
0: And one of the things that really there's a lot to kind of catch up on from the last couple months. <laughs> But uh, the company that I work for, we do a book review every quarter. And this last book, rev- book review is the uh, Whole Foods Diet that was written by the founder of Whole Foods. And he, he quotes and he cites a ton of the books that we have in our recommended reads. Um, but, again, it's just a proponent of a whole food diet where you're eating whole foods and not processed foods. So when it comes to snacks, you can really get carried away. And you can end up doing more damage than good by going to all the processed or the quick, you know, oh, this is a 100-calorie pack.
1: Right. And the one thing that I found is, I think, harder for me personally. And now that I'm in this area of my life, I can totally understand why so many people fail at snacking. Uh, Before I had this job, I was a lunch lady. And if you've never been a lunch lady, which I'm sure most of you haven't, it's an extremely physical job.
0: You're on your feet. On your feet. Right, you're moving around.
1: You're moving constantly. You're lifting 50 to 60-pound boxes. You're rushing back and forth. And I took for granted how much I moved around. Um, And I'm not saying I don't like my job. I love my job now. But I went from that environment to sitting behind a desk, Mm -hmm. 85 to 95. Percent of the time. You know, the other 10% is me out in classrooms doing presentations. So for me, it became easier to take that prepackaged kind bar Mm -hmm. and sit behind my desk and unwrap the kind bar and eat that. Or maybe take the 100 calorie pack, like Ken mentioned earlier, and just eat that at my desk because I felt a little foolish taking a cup of hummus and raw broccoli and <laughs> sitting there at my desk and munching. Um,
0: well, that's the thing too, is, is when you go from an, an environment where you're constantly moving around to like an office environment, it can be really hard. And especially the other thing with a lot of offices are there's usually a snack tray or especially around now during the holiday season, people are sending us different fruit baskets. And it's not just fruit baskets, it's mostly candy baskets. <laughs> cookies, cookies, brownies. chocolates, caramel corns, <laughs> and when you're in an office environment and you're not really doing a whole lot, it's easy to kind of graze and because you're slowly taking in treats throughout the day, you're not really monitoring how much you're eating. And it can it can really sneak up on you. So one of those things to kind of watch out for.
1: Yeah. So what are your favorite um Snacks. Let's just say you're not mm. at work. You've already said you like nuts and fruits. When we're at home, I what are some nuts. of our favorite snacks?
0: Uh, that's probably a bad example because when we're at home, I always forget to even have a <laughs> snack until it's too late. My, I, What I do like to go to is, like I said, broccoli florets. I like broccoli. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, man, I'm such a sucker for peanut butter, and I know that's really not that great of a snack. Bananas are always good. We usually have a bowl of apples and pears, and I have to be in—I have to be like in a pear mood. But apples, I can eat apples. Um, Oranges—I have the hardest time opening an orange. <laughs> so I'm like a little kid. I have to have mom do it. I, have I to open have mom his oranges
1: for, for him to put them. If I stick an unpeeled orange in his lunchbox. He will not eat it. Mm-mm.
0: I'll starve to death. So
1: then ne- <laughs> the next day, I will peel that orange that was joking. in his lunchbox. I, I
0: have to really, I, I don't know. I'm funny with, with stuff that you have to peel because <laughs> I love kiwis, I love oranges. But if I have an unpeeled kiwi or orange in my lunchbox, it's like, oh, I got to work to open <laughs> this up. And sometimes I just don't want to bother with it, so I'll forget about it. Mm. How about you? What are your go to's?
1: Well, you know I'm a citrus person, Mm -hmm. so I usually try and keep mandarins, like cuties, in the house. This is the best time of year. Mm -hmm. January is blood orange season, and Mm, I'm a huge blood orange fanatic. Um, When I go to work, I usually take one of the things you don't like. I don't know why. I could just sit there and munch on a bag of cherry tomatoes. That is my Mm. 10 a.m. snack. Three days out of the week is a baggie of cherry tomatoes. Hmm.
0: Um, That's really rough for me because it's like you're
1: not a tomato person. You have to be in the mood for tomatoes. Yeah,
0: it's usually summertime. I could just eat a tomato sandwich, and they're (laughs) they're so good. But just tomatoes is a straight up snack. It's too. It's it's like a too acidic for me. I'm a sweet guy.
1: I do love cashews, and Hmm. I have to be in the mood for almonds. I'm more of a pumpkin seed person, and I love pistachios.
0: I will say lately, we haven't been getting many almonds.
1: Mm-mm.
0: You're right. I do have to kind of be in the mood for those, because they can be a bit dry sometimes. Yeah. Cashews have a really creamy texture. I do like cashews, but those you really have to be careful with. Lately, it's been a lot of peanuts. And then the other thing is, we've been getting the different kinds of...
1: Uh, that would also be like a an unroasted, unsalted peanut. Yeah. We don't buy mm. the, you know, honey roasted or yeah, no. like heavily salted peanuts.
0: Think boring. That's <laughs> kind of what we're going for.
1: Boring, but you know, um, sometimes I like to, when I do a lot of food presentations for school, uh, I teach the kids how to pop popcorn on the stove without any mm. like salt or butter. So I actually do like a, an air popped popcorn. You have to, I mean, and, and the thing is you can eat a lot of that and it's,
0: right. It's very. It's,
1: it's not bad
0: for you. It's not very calorie dense. Right.
1: And if I take another vegetable to work, you know, you like broccoli, you like cauliflower. I actually like bell pepper strips and hummus. Mm. That's my go-to vegetable snack for the morning. Yeah, ten mm. o'clock in the morning.
0: These are all afternoon snacks for me. <laughs> I have to really be in the mood for it. Well, I guess that's the other thing um, that I was thinking about was when it comes to different types of snacks. That's where you and I differ. I'm more of a sweeter kind of a person. You're more savory. And And it goes that
1: way at breakfast, too.
0: Right. And then I was going to say, too, the other morning, typical morning snacks that I'll have is granola. And that's also something else you have to really be mindful of. And it, man, I could, I read so many dang books since (laughs) the last time. But um, I recently read the book called The Salt Fix, which basically, um, it doesn't promote the use of salt. It just supports salt use in foods and how salt is one of those elements that our body cannot live without whereas sugar is an element that we don't require at all that's not a nutritional requirement for us and anyway what i was saying was with granolas you have to watch out cuz some of those can be really sugary
1: right
0: whereas i either will go super salty or kind of sweet you want to find
1: you want to find a granola that i always say isn't held together
0: Mm, like a loose like a loose
1: granola because when it's chunky when it's held together they've added things like honey Mm -hmm. and you know maybe date syrup something like that you're getting that sugar element i like a loose granola of just greens peanut butter Mm -hmm. unsweetened banana chips and you have to look for that because we used to eat banana chips like crazy and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until we set out on a healthy journey that I realized there was two different kinds of banana chips. I hadn't realized that there was a heavily sweetened mm-hmm. banana chip.
0: Yeah. gotta Be careful.
1: And you, remember that look I got the first time I asked somebody if they had unsweetened, unsweetened. banana chips, mm-hmm. like I was from outer space.
0: Yeah. They knew that was <laughs> the thing. Well, I guess what I was getting at too is, um, we used to take the almond like yogurts, mm-hmm. the almond milk yogurts. And while they're dairy free, for me, it's great, but the downside is that the sugar content is usually through the roof. So that's one of those things There's that...
1: There's about 15
0: grams of sugar. Right, and it's, it's kind of pretty steep. It's kind of a lot. I mean, if that's the only thing you have, I guess during the day, and that's the most sugar they're going to take in. Right. But when you start adding things to it, because I can't just eat yogurt by itself. I have to add in um, granola. So that's where if you have a granola that's already heavily sugared or heavily... Syruped and held together, combine that with your yogurts. Now we're just talking, you know, super sugar, super sugar snack first thing in the morning. Which, um, you know, we could go on and on about sugar, but yeah, and that's another time.
1: Yeah. So you like a sweet? I can eat about anything, nuts or whatever. Nuts
0: are savory. I can do those, but I it always just depends. See, the
1: thing is, I don't eat. A, sh- a sweet snack in the morning because I always eat fruit with my lunch. Hmm. No matter what I take, I always take a fruit with my lunch. So I have that sweet with my lunch. And then when I come home for me, that's the hardest time is from the time I come home from work until the time, uh, hmm. we have dinner. No, I find myself wanting to eat. So that's where I eat, uh, the heavier snacks like hard boiled eggs, something with peanut butter.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's where that's where you and I are, two different people. <laughs> anyway, I can see we're coming up on a break, so I will just uh I think it's a good time to end it there. Okay. so when it, when it comes to snacks, we want to try to find some things that are whole food based, um, look for things that do not have any added sugars, sweeteners um the The sodium aspect, if your diet requires you to have low sodium, then look for something that's low sodium. I don't think having sodium is going to hurt, but um, just to err on the side of caution, we usually try to get the unsalted uh, roasted nuts, just stuff that does not have any added preservatives or ingredients that aren't unnatural. natural. Right. So why don't we come back? We'll talk about some of the New Year's resolutions. Sure. And then uh, we'll take it from there. Stick around.
1: So it's 2019. Wow. Where did that year go? I don't know. We're going to talk about resolutions. And uh, I'm not knocking resolutions. I personally really don't make any. Mm. Because, I'm be honest, I'm horrible at keeping them. So...
0: That's the worst advice.
1: Well <laughs> I'm not it's not advice. If mm. you make resolutions, I'm not knocking them. That's great. But I would encourage you to make realistic
0: set goals. Set goals. Mm-hmm.
1: Attainable goals. I think
0: there's a the difference between resolutions and goals.
1: Right. Like when we started to lose weight, we had a stack of goals. Mm-hmm. And it was easier to achieve those goals in stacks. Mm-hmm. Um you all know that we started our journey by doing the AdvoCare 24-Day Challenge. So we had a 10-day cleanse goal. Mm -hmm. We had a 24-day challenge goal. Mm -hmm. We had a realistic goal and a dream goal. Right. And reaching that dream goal for me was the most amazing feeling. And then going about 20 pounds beyond that was just icing on the cake. Right. I feel like if you say, I want to lose... 50 pounds that's a hard goal Mm -hmm. but if you start by saying baby steps baby steps maybe i just want to lose 10
0: and then keep
1: setting stepped goals beyond that
0: Mm -hmm. i think what happens is a lot of people make a resolution to lose weight they want to lose 50 pounds They start going to the gym and then after a week they weigh themselves and you know they may have lost two or three pounds or they may even Maybe maybe they've even gained weight, and that can be sort of a soul crusher. And I think that's where the the gyms kind of make their money because they know people are looking for – we live in a society that's so
1: – Instant gratification.
0: We're, yeah, we're instantly rewarded that when we're faced with a challenge like weight loss and we want to lose 50 pounds or whatever it is, and after a couple like months we just don't see it, it can be extremely discouraging, and then we stop going to the gym. That can be pretty difficult.
1: And, you know, we went to the gym on New Year's
0: Eve. We even went last <laughs> week. We were going...
1: We went the day after Christmas. It's pretty busy. It was pretty busy. Um,
0: but we went New Year's Eve. And, you know, and I did catch
1: myself. I caught Ken actually caught me. Mm-hmm. He caught me saying, Oh, the gym is so full. It's all these resolutioners. Because, you know, we knew they were resolutioners because they were all signing up at the front desk. And... He said, that's not nice. And I stopped and put myself in check. And we were once new to the gym. Right. It's just frustrating for people who continually go to the gym. You go, you have a favorite treadmill. You have a favorite elliptical machine. Right, right. And you get there, and there's not one piece of equipment open. And it's about that way, I'd say, until the end of February. And then yep. it's sad. It's just sad to see that after the end of February, it's like a ghost town again.
0: Yeah. It happens. I think what kind of is frustrating for us is our daughter finally is now at the age where she's allowed to go into the gym. And since her birthday at the beginning of the month, she's wanted to go to the gym more and more with us. And we've been taking her. And at first, the first couple of times we took her, there was plenty of available equipment and people are pretty patient. But then what happens is you get a bunch of new people into the gym and there's not enough equipment to go around for everybody. And a lot of people don't sort of get the gym etiquette and they're just downright rude and it's kind of it kind of spoils things for the rest of us that go on a regular basis. Right. So that's where our frustration lies. We're in. not
1: frustrated with you wanting to lose weight. No. <laughs> no. We're yeah. just frustrated with
0: Yeah. I don't codes know. codes
1: of conduct and
0: Yeah, I think we're I think the problem is maybe we're just too we're not worried about ourselves too much. We're always worried that we're going to you know, offend someone else or take someone else's machine. We're always, we're always too nice. That's the other thing. We just need to be, we need to be rude. (laughs) What's our problems? Stop being so nice. But anyway, when it comes to resolutions, I think the the most important thing is baby steps. Take it all in small strides. Don't try to put too much on your plate that you end up doing more harm than you do good. And the best thing is to stick with it because it does take a long time. Like Brooke said, when we went through, when we first started the twenty-four day challenge, we didn't lose. Um, we didn't lose like our goal weights. We we lost weight, and we were like shocked that we had lost so much weight. And right. it was the catalyst that kept us going. And I think I would have to look back. It probably took a good, it took almost a full year mm-hmm. for to, us
1: to get to that dream goal right, and to, beyond
0: to hit that goal where we were like, wow, we actually did it. And to look back at all of the hard work that we had put into it, it really kind of makes it worthwhile. And then the, the flip side, the sad thing, is that just as hard as it takes to lose the weight, it takes even less time to put it all back on. Thankfully, we haven't done that, which uh, is no. good.
1: No, I was getting ready to say all. no, no. no.
0: <laughs> so luckily, you and I have both lost close to... I think I was around the 80-pound mark.
1: And I was around the 70-pound
0: mark. And we both have gained probably 15 to 20 pounds, which for me comes and goes because my running is all over the place, and it just depends on how hard I'm running. And the weight that I put back on, it isn't... I mean, all my clothes still fit, so it's not like, you know, but it's definitely a noticeable amount for me that when I put on certain shirts that used to be very... Slim fitting. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, boy, better take it down a notch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm at a point where I could, my New Year's res, If we're gonna start our resolutions for the year, mine is at least to drop 10 to 15 pounds. The weight that right. I had put back on, I would like to to be able to lose that again.
1: And it was funny, as you know, everybody knows, everybody knows, I'm an avid Pinterest uh mm. scroller, and I saw when I was looking for inspirational quotes from a quote board at work. I saw one that said, "December is the new January, mm. and it actually really inspired me. I said to Ken, "You know we need to we need to get back at this. We need to set goals again. So I actually went on to Google Docs. they have a really nice calendar set up, and I made mm. you actually laughed at me because I went into June. I made it literally almost our whole year um, of. Goal calendars for each month, and I put physical activity on that calendar six days a week mm-hmm. and We started our month of December, we had our Thanksgiving meal, which I honestly don't think we did too bad with Thanksgiving this year, but we had our Thanksgiving meal, December rolled around, and that was it. We were in the gym uh three to four times a week, and when we 're not at the gym, we are you know, doing our three-mile walks that we used to
0: do or... Trying to get out there.
1: Trying to get out there. Or we do... I make sure I do a home workout.
0: Which I'm kind of horrible at because as a couple, we only do good when both of us are on the same same page. page. And where my biggest thing is, as a runner, my workout at home is going for a run. And I don't know what my deal is, but... I have a really hard time motivating myself in the mornings when it's just the two of us. And
1: he's we... not really interested in squatting and working on his glutes.
0: No, I have an indo board, which um, is like a surf trainer board that I really love and that I neglect. Um, my brother got one for Christmas, and I've been—we were at my parents' and I was using that thing like crazy. So I think that's going to be my go-to. On the mornings where we don't go to the gym, I'm gonna work us on work us, I'm going to focus (laughs) on my agility and my balance and work with the balance trainer. That's at least my my goal. I'm holding you to that. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) You can do it.
1: But um so new year, new goals. Uh Ken has completed a few races since the last podcast. However, Looking into 2019, you all know that I'm not a great runner, but I just told Ken tonight that I would be willing to do. I believe it's called the Freedom 5K, and that's in Gettysburg. Hmm. We're gonna go. We're gonna forego some of the races that we've been doing on a yearly basis, and maybe try some new ones.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's really cool to do the same race over and over again every year, um, especially because the the medals change and you know, but. If that's the only thing you're doing it for, well, the shirts. I love doing it for the shirts and the medals, but mostly the shirts. <laughs> but um, like the hard side of run, we're not going to do that again this year, um, for a couple of reasons. But mostly last year, after we ran it, we decided that we just were going to kind of put that one on the back burner because you kind of get burnt out doing the same sort of thing the over course and over. Did again. us
1: in, and I think we talked about that the last time we reviewed the race. They, they changed the course, and it wasn't your typical five k it was it wasn't ran killer. as nicely as
0: before <laughs> before it was ran in waves, and everything was was well planned out and it was a extremely smooth running course. They changed the course this past year they
1: took away the waves they
0: took away the waves and it just was a complete An utter mess. They had to sign up in waves, but then the day of the race, they just kinda it was like a free for all and it was like cattle in a cattle shoot and it just wasn't it wasn't as fun as as previous years and that it kind of lost it on us. So we're gonna let that race kind of sit down and and kind of fester. No, not fester. What am I looking for? Mm. Mature. I don't (laughs) know. We're just gonna let that one sit. We're gonna let let that that one one sit. sit.
1: See how it does this year. We, uh, and I also said I would enjoy doing the Muckfest again. Mm. We didn't do it this past summer, but I think I would like to give it a try. It's not a timed run, but. It's
0: it's an obstacle course race, which is a lot of fun. Those are pretty cool. Um, are we.
1: So if you want to go into it and talk about your three races that you've done since the last time we had a podcast.
0: Um, yes. (laughs) What was that? Hershey. Oh Hershey. The Hershey Half Marathon. That, that's a that's a race I do every year. Um that's a race I do every year for the last two years, and it's been a lot of fun. And I shameless plug to um tailwind nutrition. That stuff, um, uh the endurance I, fuel. That's, that's my Oh, that was yours? No.
1: That shameless plugs, that's yeah. that's my <laughs>
0: that's your thing? That's my shtick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, I did the Hershey Half Marathon. The first year I ran it, oh, this is my third year. This is my third year third running year. it. The first year I ran the race, it took two hours and 14 minutes. It was my first time ever running a half marathon. The second time I did the race, this is only the second time I ever ran a half marathon. I, I had some excuse. I don't know what happened. Oh, oh, oh leg. my leg? legs cramped up. I didn't drink any water. The first year I ran the race, I drank so much water that I had to pee every rest stop. So it took me two hours and 14 minutes to finish the race. The second year, I decided I was going to forego the water because, you know, I'm an experienced runner. I can do this. And that came to bite me in the butt because I got the worst leg cramps. I just cramped up and I I could not function. It didn't matter how much water I drank. Once you hit that point where your muscles cramp up like that and are so dehydrated that there's like no going back. So I finished. I finished two hours and 13 minutes, so I, I beat my previous year, but only by a minute, and then this past year, I decided to play around with my nutrition, and I decided to wear a water, a hydration pack, which, you know, I don't know, experienced runners probably listen to this and laughing, thinking I'm a nut, but I took a hydration pack, loaded it with Tailwind Nutrition Endurance Fuel, and I just slowly sipped on that through the entire race. And to my surprise, I finished just over two hours. So I was pretty stoked that I took off close to 13 minutes from my previous year. And, um, yeah, I was I was pretty excited about that. And I felt really good. And then... Um,
1: the only race that we've done together since... Is
0: the Two Town Turkey Trot in... Lambertville, New Jersey. And that's another one that we're probably not going to do... Next year. Next year. Or I don't even know if I want to do that one ever again. That yeah. one's just... Pff, I was
1: really disappointed.
0: The The first year we did the turkey trot race in Lambertville, it was... The
1: first year they have ever done the race. It was race. the
0: first year they did it. They went all out. We had tech shirts. The medals were... Beautiful. They were... That was probably the nicest medal I think I'd ever seen in a 5K race. And the course itself isn't bad. The course is... Is a really nice, easily ran course through New Hope, Pennsylvania, into Lambertville, New Jersey, and the sights, everything is just beautiful.
1: You run over the Delaware River,
0: right? It's really fun. Um, we missed the second year they did it, and they had tech shirts, really nice medals. This past year, I think they realized they were. I, I I don't really know what it takes to run a race. I'm assuming that it takes a lot, and the tech shirts I know come at a premium, and I know really expensive medals come at a premium. So I think this year the race organizers had all the same sponsors, but this time I noticed that the money didn't really go into the race. It went to, um, I guess, the Chamber of Commerce is the ones who really were the ones who benefited because this year the race shirts were just long sleeve T-shirts, cotton cotton T-shirts, print on both sides, which if you're a runner, you know cotton shirts are not really running shirts. That's like uh, something you wear to bed at night not to run, um, and there wasn't... I don't think anybody got medals at all. They Nobody
1: had, got medals, not not even they like had, a place finisher. They had
0: prizes for, um, you know, f- people who placed in their age groups. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, But I don't really think there was anything...
1: My beef... I don't know. You know, I got a shirt. Okay, that's great. I didn't get a medal, but, you know, I had memories with my family. I think what got me was... They didn't put the money into the shirts. You didn't get a medal. I didn't even get a bottle of water or banana mm. when I was done.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the other no thing. No water. Yeah, that, that was the other thing. kind of like, and it just blew my mind at the end of the race, the, the first year that we did it, they had water and bananas at the end, which is typical. That's like your typical race, post-race fuel that they have is bananas and water. And this had none of that. Was there even a water station? I don't nope, think so. No water station. So I mean, for experienced runners, a five k is nothing. Is nothing. Uh, you know, I it really didn't bother me that there wasn't water or bananas, but I I kind of just knowing that, seeing some of the other people that were running, and kind of looking at the not the crowd, looking at the participants, you know, it, it kind of boggled my mind whether there wasn't any water or. Any kind of refreshments at all whatsoever
1: because they it's just boast, weird. Well, they boasted that it was their largest turnout. There was over a thousand participants this yeah, year. They had a so thousand it wasn't people like they Didn't have the participants and couldn't afford. Yeah.
0: Oh, and, and mid race there was an ambulance that did run out to someone on the course, which I thought was interesting. So anyway, um, not not really not trying to bash it, but just you know, it it wasn't. We had built it up to be something... It
1: lost its luster after that first year.
0: Yeah, so I I don't really know if we'd do that one again. It would take a lot for us to go back to do that one. And then the the final race, I I did mention before, I wanted to start getting more into trail races because road running, while that's how I started running, um, it, it really thrashes my body. And trail running, believe it or not, I can do... 12, 15 miles on the trails and the next day I'm fully functioning. If I try to do that on the road I'm kind of like it takes me a day or two to kind of bounce back. So I really enjoy trail running. It's a lot more technical. Uh, I think it's a lot more physically demanding but it's not as hard on my joints as road running. So I I ran the hex hollow half which was half of the hex hollow half which was 6.66 miles and that was muddy that was muddy <laughs> it was like solid mud and um i swear it was all uphill and it, it was a real bear of a course and um i don't i did place pretty well um i, I and that
1: was in york County. that right? was in
0: york was it in york? york
1: county pennsylvania
0: i think so yeah and um it just man that that race was really tough and it was only like six miles and I got to tell you, that thing, like, I was worn out. That really wore me out because it felt like it was all uphill. And I don't remember what place I came in now. It, it, I didn't place in my age group, but I personally did okay for the half of a half marathon, which was pretty nice. Anyway, that's uh, all of my running race updates. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, I guess just uh, food.
0: Foods. Yeah. Foods. So, we had quite a lot to eat since October 8th or 3rd or since the last podcast. So
1: yeah. Um, we're not doing
0: top three, are we? I have a feeling we're doing more than that. No,
1: I wrote some down here. Okay. All right. good. ahead. Um, Sh- wait. I got to get my, oh, sorry. My, my two shameless plugs in. Okay. I mean, I have more than that, but I uh, want to give a shout out to one of our favorite things to snack on right now since we are talking about snacks, and that is Tribe. Brand hummus. Ooh. Everything bagel seasoning
0: hummus. Yeah, that's the it's the bee's knees. <laughs> I'm a sucker for everything bagels, and we haven't had those in such a long time. Bagels.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but the everything hummus it's is a
1: quite delicious. Pretty awesome. And we are both drinkers of seltzer. Ken never really was a soda drinker. I grew up on soda in my house. We had it all the time when I was a kid. Um, so kicking soda for me was, we didn't drink it too much, but I had to learn to give it up because every time we would go out to eat, I would get soda. So we started training ourselves on seltzer water.
0: We Well, growing up, we always had a case of soda in the house. I just don't, you
1: just m- me to personally,
0: it. no, me personally, I don't remember like drinking a lot of it.
1: I really wasn't into it. Mountain Dew and Dr. Pepper was all we ever had in our refrigerator. I
0: was a weird kid. I really liked water (laughs) and iced tea.
1: We digress. Anyway. Uh, uh, Seltzer water, like I was saying. I usually buy a store brand seltzer, or if we're feeling really fancy, I'll get Polar. But uh, I was at the discount grocery store the one day, and they had some loose cans of seltzer, a brand I'd never heard of before. Grabbed some, thought it was the most amazing seltzer water I ever drank. Come to find out, it's a brand that you can find readily at Whole Foods. Hmm. It wasn't until our Whole Foods was built here in Lancaster and we started shopping there that I was like, oh my gosh, they actually sell this brand of seltzer, uh, Waterloo. Oh, yeah. So if you are a fan of seltzer and have never had Waterloo seltzer, it is amazing. The fruit taste is... Better than any fruit taste that I've ever tasted in a seltzer water bottle.
0: What she's saying is the snozberries taste like snozberries. Absolutely.
1: And I will plug that watermelon and mango are the two best flavors. Hmm. So those are my plugs.
0: Good. Yes.
1: All right. So let's talk about food. Mm-hmm. We, like Ken said, we've had a lot of food since October 8th, but I'm going to give you a list of our top favorites that we had. And we'll start with oldest to newest, if you're following along in the Instagram feed. Uh, I
0: have to apologize. I really have to update the blog with all these (laughs) stuffs, all these foods.
1: So we're going to go back a ways, and we're going to talk about vegetable Thai curry. And this was amazing. It was a green Mm -hmm. curry, but it had tons and tons of different vegetables in it. And what I thought was great about it was the directions had called for all these vegetables to be chopped up into teeny, tiny little pieces. So every time you took a bite of the uh, curry, you weren't just getting a huge hunk of cauliflower or a big old round piece of carrot. You were getting carrots and chickpeas, Mm. cauliflower, kale. It was really good, really creamy coconut milk. And obviously, I usually serve our curries with rice. Mm.
0: I do remember that. It's am very good.
1: Uh, next was probably one of our kids' favorites since then. I don't remember I, this one. I made a Mexican chicken noodle soup. I don't think you were actually home for no, dinner no, no. with us that evening. Mm. However, I may have given it to you as leftovers. Mm. Um, it was. I made some whole green egg noodles. It was your typical um, Mexican seasonings, cumin, chili powder, mm. a little cayenne went in there. Corn, black beans, tomatoes, a lot of cilantro. And when you're in a pinch for time, go to the grocery store, save yourself the hassle, get a rotisserie chicken.
0: Oh, say time, the herb, or time as in... Your your precious time. time. Okay, all
1: right. Get a rotisserie chicken. It saved a bunch of time, and uh, it it was an amazing soup. It was... um, Like a typical chicken noodle soup with a little bit of kick to it. Mm. And some added protein with beans.
0: All righty. Beans. Oh, this next one's one of my, this was my favorite.
1: This was Ken's favorite. Um, This one was a labor of love. If you don't have a lot of time, this would be a great Sunday dinner to make. Or Mm. if you could start dinner early. Uh, We made a tofu bolognese sauce. I found the directions to be really interesting. You took that block of tofu and you crumpled it up in your hand until it was the size of, you know, cooked ground beef chunks. You made a paste out of liquid smoke, soy sauce, different seasonings, and you mixed the tofu in with that paste, and it actually turned the tofu brown. Mm. You spread it out on a parchment-lined baking sheet, and you baked it in the oven for 45 to 50 minutes. Mm. And by the time you took that out, it had the chewy consistency of a cooked piece of ground beef.
0: In fact, our son had no clue that it was tofu.
1: And our daughter, who hates,
0: she hates tofu. tofu,
1: actually she... liked it. That liquid smoke, no matter, you know, mm-hmm. you can put that in anything and you'll get the... You'll get the illusion yeah. that there's some sort of smoked meat you in there. You could
0: soak a carrot in liquid smoke and people would think it's a hot dog. <laughs> True story. Well. That was a recipe that we did. We, I don't think they it. would
1: think it was a hot dog, but oh. it tasted like a hot dog. And I just paired that with a chopped kale salad. So, we'll move on to our daughter's birthday dinner. This was another meal you did not get to enjoy, so you have no opinion on this meal.
0: Okay. No, <laughs> um, co- no comments from me at all.
1: He unfortunately was pulled away from home the day of our daughter's birthday. Our daughter's favorite drink when we go to a restaurant is London Fogs. If you've never had a London Fog, it's steamed milk. Earl Grey tea bag sits inside that hot milk. And there is a touch of vanilla and sometimes honey in that. And she loves lavender London Fogs. So I found a recipe for lavender London Fog Latte Oatmeal. Mm. So you made a really strong tea base. You cook that with almond milk and your oatmeal, added the touch of honey, added the vanilla, and I mixed some lavender buds into the hot tea. So it was delicious.
0: If you're ever at our house and you feel like you're eating plants, you really are eating
1: plants. (laughs) Oh, the next is my absolute favorite. You know, I keep picking meals that you weren't home for for actual dinner, but you did have these as leftovers. Mm -hmm. Um, Taco sweet potato bowls. Oh, yeah. Big old bowl. I made some cilantro lime brown rice. Um, The recipe did call for, I believe, chicken, shredded chicken or ground beef. I actually omitted that. We went for a meat-free meal that night. Um, So the recipe called for black beans. I actually doubled the beans and made a can of pinto beans Mm. as well. Roasted taco-seasoned sweet potatoes, taco-seasoned beans, corn, black olives, Another shameless plug is a shout out to Sir Kensington's mm. for their dairy free ranch. Because I made Salsa Ranch. Oh yeah. To go on top of that. Everything was just simply amazing.
0: Big fans of the old Sir Kensingtons products.
1: And shout out to the avocado peoples. Yep. Thank thank you for it's not
0: going on strike anymore.
1: Yep. Because there was some avocados on top of that as huh. well. Wonderful. And the last one is our most recent and probably one of your favorite meals. You devoured it, which was a crispy black pepper Mm. cauliflower steak that had a vegan mushroom gravy on top of it.
0: You say mushrooms and cauliflower, and I'm all about that. so good.
1: Yeah. And what's funny is we actually found a whole grain Mm
0: -hmm.
1: mushroom egg noodle at Aldi's recently, so Mm. we thought it was fitting to pair... Those yes. mushroom noodles with the mushroom gravy, and it kind of reminded me of maybe like a vegan stroganoff. Yeah, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it had a very um stroganoff esque type of feel to it. And when it comes to the cauliflower steaks, I know it's it's kind of funny. It's like an oxymoron. No, not an oxymoron. It's just. Funny,
1: people who don't steak. people who don't eat plant based foods find it funny that we would call a cauliflower right.
0: steak. But when you slice the cauliflower head into, uh, with the lack of a better term, steaks, and you roast them, they are. It's I can't describe how delicious they are mm-hmm. when they're breaded and they are pan fried and then even baked in the oven. It's just it's the cauliflower is so smooth, and it it. It doesn't have the consistency of steak, but it's just so smooth that it just has such a wonderful flavor. It's so amazing.
1: So those were my tops. Mm. Those were the tops of the tops.
0: Well, uh, man, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Um, that's going to end up for this episode, but I hope you will stick with us. Uh, all these meals that Brooke talked about this evening will be up on the blog probably now, so... <laughs> If you check out beyond24days.com, you can see all the latest and greatest recipes. You can even see a link to our Instagram account, which is the most up-to-date, and the recipes usually follow reluctantly (laughs) as soon as I get up and get them online.
1: So... Mm. Stay tuned for our next episode. I'm not sure when it'll be because we are the most inconsistent people ever.
0: Yeah. Well, that should be a New Year's resolution. <laughs> a new New Year's resolution is to regularly distribute this podcast.
1: But if you're interested to see how Ken makes it through his first frozen snot oh, God. race in February wow. or how we're doing at keeping our resolution calendar going of daily activity and physical mm. activity.
0: Yep. So, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Share with us some of your New Year's resolutions and even some of your recipe ideas. Make sure that you leave a comment, like, subscribe, and share all our fun Peep stuff. Keep
1: my bio instantaneously.
0: <laughs> oh my god! All right. <laughs> well, we've been here for too long, so that's all for us. Good night. Thanks for joining us. Bye guys. See you.